two, one. Welcome to Highway Diary. I'm your host, Eric Hollerbach. With me for the third, fourth time, Danny Braff. Thank you. But I'm also going to say second because, because the real sec, this is, you would say third. I would say second because the second time I had to share an episode with Richard Dweck. So uh, I don't know if that counts. You were half an episode and then we went to Popeye's and we tested out their new chicken sandwich that everyone was going crazy for. Which was one of the worst experiences of my life. I, I like the company, but the chicken sandwich and the service in Mandeville Popeye was so disappointing. It was, <laughs> it was insane. It was insane that we're talking about it two years later. Yeah. So anyway, this is Highway Diary episode 326. Do not, to keep people, I know we're keeping people in suspense here, but I ordered like a sandwich and then a side of fries or coleslaw. And then they gave me my sandwich and I was like, where's the fries and coleslaw? They go, you didn't order that. I go. <laughs> and yes, then they also, they also pushed, do you remember the... <laughs> They pushed so hard on this pie. It was like some sort of pie. Yeah, yeah. I forget what it was, but they pushed it hard. Like a it chocolate like, mousse? It was something. And they're like, yeah. do you want the chocolate mousse pie? And I was like, oh, I'm good. You're like, you were like, I'm good. And I was like, I don't know. They're like, it's good. And I was like, uh, I don't know. Did you get probably two? Not. I was like, probably, I don't know. I don't really want it. And then and then they, and they're like, you got to try it. It's one of the best. I go, okay, sure, I'll have one. And then they go, they, they go in there, oh, sorry, we're out of it. Oh, they pushed yeah. it so hard. <laughs> oh, my God. And also, like, I go, yes, I did order the coleslaw. They go, no, you didn't. It's like, here's my receipt. And then they go, oh, oh, not, oh, sorry for saying you were a liar to your fucking fat face. <laughs> not sorry. Yeah, it was, it was very weird. It was... And here's the thing. Also, when you go to fast food, you don't have high expectations. You kind of expect, like, I, I kind of expect things to be a little wrong, but this was insane. This yeah. was insane. They had contempt for us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I got a weird call from you because you, you produce shows, you know, in New York City at the Verb. And, you know, so whoever buys tickets, you have a list of names and you go, who's Betsy Hollerbach? And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, you're like, is that your relative? And I go, Danny, you're playing games with my emotions right now. And then, you know, who was Betsy Hollerbach? She, she bought a ticket. I forget. I, 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 I never asked her. It was just, there was a person who bought it. Now I feel like uh, there's a, let me look it up. Which show but I remember it? you saying it was like Hollenbeck. No, like it was Hollerbach. It was Hollerbach. It was spelled, the, it was spelled the, the same name. I'm going to look up. I have an aunt out there that I don't even know about. Betsy. Are you sure it was Betsy? That's what I wrote down here. So I guess you don't have to look this up. Okay. There's another Eric Hollerbach in Toledo, Ohio. I have his phone number. I phoned him up. I go, what's up, Eric Hollerbach? He's like, what's up, Eric Hollerbach? And he, we're Facebook friends, because at first I was trying to find my own Facebook, and I found this other Eric Hollerbach in Toledo, Ohio. The first post that happens when I'm Facebook friends with him, his dog dies. And it's like him hugging his dog, all emotional. And then I shared the post going, I feel for my soul brother, Eric Hollerbach, who's grieving about his dog right now. So then, you know, we, he was like, oh, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I love that dog. And you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, 
is there another Danny Braff in America? Danny Braff. Well, I mean, of course, I, I've Googled it, and um, I think I'm the most Googleable Danny Braff, but I, I have looked on Instagram. There, it seems to be, um, I haven't looked in a while. No, there's, there's, there's like three Danny Braffords. Brafford. Um, and there's one Danny Braffordy, which sounds like made up, which sound Braffordy. That Braff-y. sounds like someone's last name was Danny Braff. And they're just like, let's add that E-T-Y. Well, did your Braff get cut off in Ellis Island? You were Danny Braffordy. And then they said, no, no, you're Danny Braff coming to America. Oh, that's possible. You don't have pink eye or tuberculosis, do you? All right, come on in, Danny Brett. That's possible, too. So anyway, I want to talk about Facebook censorship real quick, because this is a hot button issue right now. And, um, you know, some people get their post banned for COVID-19 or vaccine related content. Um, I experienced Facebook censorship on on your feed one time (laughs) because you posted this picture of your mom taking a salt shaker. To cucumbers, which, and, which also hold on. Here's the thing: it's not fair for you to just say that because it was very funny, and the way that you posted it is not going to make anyone want to follow my. It was one of the funniest things I've ever posted. This, so just, I wrote on your wall under that as a tasteful gentleman. <laughs> your mom's putting salt on cucumbers, and I said she can salt to taste my penis anytime. And then you blocked it. Why? I didn't block it. I didn't block you. I deleted the comment because my mom's friends with me on Facebook and my mom shared the post because she thought it was funny. And all my mom's friends and my dad's friends were commenting and liking and looking at all the comments. And my mom was literally going, oh, look who commented. My mom was literally going over the comments. She didn't see yours. I deleted it before she did, but she was going to. And she- <laughs> Well, I was, you know, being nice to your mom, saying that she's a beautiful lady. And then you delete my comment and we're friends. Like that just. You, you didn't say she's a beautiful lady. If you said she's a beautiful lady, I would have uh, blocked you as a. Well, um, I inferred it by saying she could salt to taste my penis any time. <laughs> that's, uh, that's friendship. That was, that's hospitality of our friendship. Um, so. I don't know if you know this. I actually had some, um, and I was fully again, I thought you were wrong for the longest time. And then a couple of weeks ago, I um, experienced some Facebook censorship. Because I posted um, the vaccine's not real, but uh, it was it was written on my penis, and so I just posted a picture of that, and then Facebook took it down. They said you're not misinformation. I love to spread misinformation. Yeah. Well, were you erect when you wrote it, and then shriveled when you took the photo? <clears throat> Maybe the message was just obscured by your no, mind. What I think what happened was I think I, I took it at an angle <laughs> that made my penis look bigger than it was. Um, and then they consider that misinformation. <laughs> They're like, we have doctor records of physicals you've had. You are yeah. grossly exaggerating about this. This is, this is medical disinformation right now. <laughs> uh, I've, um, so I don't know if you know this, Danny Braff, but um, you know, I know your rabbi. Um, rabbi you Mitch. do? Rabbi yeah. Mitchell? Well, it's like I haven't met him, but for some reason, I don't know. He found a podcast from, uh, he, he just saw we were friends. He actually told me that once that he's not a, not a big fan of yours. He, he did listen to the podcast and he thought that you were disrespectful to my mother. 
That's crazy. Well, I, I'll I'll write him a official apology letter about that issue. Uh, not your mom, though. But if I send a, a handwritten letter to your mom about this issue, it's going to have 34 dick pics in it <laughs> of different like different poses, one from the back and me like giving a tug down. And listen, will any of them be misinformation? <laughs> Medical disinformation. Um, so he sends me these emails that are like in case he has to sue you later, he wants me to have this evidence um, of voicemails he left you, you know what I mean? So yeah. I feel gross. Cause like, you're my friend. Like, I just don't want this, uh, not on the public record. So if I put it on the public record, now it's public domain, you know? Yeah, I get it. Public domain. Just yeah. like some, there's some books that are public domain. Like, um, I can't think of one. Salt my cucumber. <laughs> That's a good book. By Rabbi Manishevich. Also, what are you drinking? Uh, this is mineral water. Looks expensive. This is a no. It's a there. So in Texas, we have H E B, which is it's kind of weird because it's like Heb. I have the clap too. Heb, <laughs> but it's like Shoprite. It's the equivalent of Shoprite. Oh Texas. really? Yeah. So the, you know they don't they have their own Tapa Chico and it's eighteen seventy seven. So this is a grocery it looks, store it brand. Does, it does look fancier than Good Value. Yeah, it's nice. I'm a big fan. I'm a little horse. But it's in glass. It's also in glass. That's glass, right? Mm-hmm. Do you mind just like doing this to prove to everyone? That's glass. Rabbi I'm not, Mash- I'm, not one, I'm not one of those take take your word for it comics. I just need you to know. <laughs> You're a doubting Danny. Well, yeah. don't take my word for it. Take Rabbi Manishevitz's voicemail for a break. Maybe when I chucked your pee boy, did you scream. Boy, did you believe. Anyway, I'm in a Walmart parking lot. I'm profiting off the supply chain management issues. Uh, you know, I figured out that with a rusty crowbar, I could pop hubcaps off parked cars. So I need a little seed money, though, because I need some uh, advertising money to uh, flip them over. I'm going to put a little paint on them. Call me back. Call your rabbi back. So he needs seed money to help him pop. What does he mean by seed money? I guess a little, just like he wants you to invest in him stealing hubcaps off Walmart parking lot, parked cars. Hmm. I think invest is the wrong word. But I guess I was gonna say you don't invest in something illegal, but I guess well, what's the guy what Bernie Madoff had investors? I guess it's still or like drug cartels, they got to invest. Yeah, okay, you're right. Never mind, you can invest in an illegal thing. Yeah. So what do you but think? Can I tell you what's interesting is he you're saying that he sent these to you after he sent them to me as um, but I never got the voicemail. Oh. He didn't send you, maybe on Facebook. Do you have him blocked on Facebook Messenger? Oh, on Facebook I do. But yeah, maybe maybe these are from Facebook. Okay. Maybe he wanted to play them now for you so that they would surprise you. Because if you already heard them, then maybe. it's funny. Did he grab it? You grab my man shivers. Remember when he chopped your pee-pee? Boy, did you scream. Boy, did you believe. Anyway, I got this computer software that can go into any retail chain. You know, hey, you want to donate the change to 
say Jew to hospital, you want to donate your change to the office. I found a little workaround that goes right into Rabbi Bader Shevitz's pocket. But here's the kick. I need a little seed money for gas. I got to go around and stall in this software in different retail outlets. Go your Rabbi back. <clears throat> and I tell you what's interesting about that is he, he did chop my pee. Um, and he's very open to tell people about that. I got right. my pee chopped. And it, he'll tell anyone. And he, he does. When I say he, he will, I'm going to change he will to he does. I've, I've heard some stories that he'll just walk into like plate. Like he, he once came into Costco where I work and went up to the boss and goes, hey, do you know Danny Braff? I'm like, yeah. But he goes, I chopped, I chopped his baby. And he just tells everyone, which isn't necessarily false. It's not. It's true, actually. But I do think. He leads with it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a little I don't want to say uh, rude or uh, you know, listen, I don't know if I want everyone know. Like I will tell my friends, I'm not I'm not embarrassed that I got my pee chopped. I just don't know if I want everybody in the world to know. And it's also like he wants you to give him seed money for gas money to go around installing the software. Yeah, because, like, because 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 I because he I owe him because he chopped my pee-pee. Well, it's like you're in a mutual blackmail society with each other now. You know, he has intimate knowledge of you. You know, maybe he's the. He's also checker. not mentioning that he took off an extra inch. <laughs> That's why he's the fact checker. When you posted your pee pee pictures, he's like medical disinformation. <laughs> I don't do a good impression of him though, so I'm just. Um, but uh, he has uh, another uh, voicemail here. They said. Hey, Daddy, grab it, grab my baby, give it. Maybe when I chop the pee pee, boy, did you scream. Boy, did you bleed. Anyway, I got a guy over at the Morris County uh, Memorial Morgue's uh, office. And what I figured out was a lot of people have gold fillings. And they're dead anyway. What do they need? So I'm, uh, you want to come down to the morgue with me and chip some teeth? Buy the gold, melt the teeth, get the gold. Buy a needle and sleep, but it damn crap. Why does he need seed money for that? It sounds like more of a labor exercise. You just go down with crowbar, pliers, and pop the teeth out. Why does he need seed money? I'm gonna be honest. I think, I think he's just lying. I think he, I think he's just trying to. I think it's one of those things where he, he's like, he's like you're like an uncle or aunt. It's always asking for money, and he's like he always has a reason, but that's never the real reason. Right. Right. He doesn't come out and say, I have a gambling and sex addiction. Yeah. He's got to be like, no, no, I'm working. Like, trust yeah. me, I'm, I got a lot of irons in the fire. Yeah. Because if he says, hey, do you want to pay for my, 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 my porn? I would go, no. Right. Rabbi, you're, you're a rabbi. Right, right. You shouldn't be watching. You shouldn't be paying for porn. People should be just giving you porn. You're a. You're probably, a, guy is probably at the strip club. Or something with Richard Dweck, you know. But I do think that even as a rabbi, he should just be able to walk into the strip club and go, "Hey, I'm a rabbi. I'm a man of God. Yeah. I shouldn't have to pay." No cover, at least. No cover. I'm here to, for everyone's sins and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm looking at titties like on a spiritual level. Trust me. I'm looking at I'm I'm looking through the eyes of God at the titties. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, would, you wouldn't charge you wouldn't charge God, would you? No. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, Speaking of titties, this next uh, clip is about nuns. 
said at the end yeah he runs out of breath sometimes <laughs> and then it's just noisy. He's, he's, he's older i mean he's an older rabbi yeah actually what's interesting about this is i've had that pretty much same idea before no shit and i was gonna make a, i thought i want uh, some idea for like a i don't know if i wanted to call it a movie or a fucking i don't know what it was gonna be but i thought it was an i i actually i've told people this idea of a movie of like a world where uh people just start taking out life insurance on everybody like you can like you can just buy life insurance on anybody. So then everyone starts rooting for everyone to die. And then people start killing each other, trying to secretly kill each other so they can get the life insurance claim and shit. Like that's the thing that I thought would be an interesting movie. And I've thought of that before. And now I feel like I have to sue Rabbi Manashevitz. Oh my God. Who are you going to get to represent you? I'm sure. Um, who's, what's the guy that represented OJ? The, Cochran, um, he's dead now. Okay, but uh, Dershowitz. Oh, I think he's in a little trouble with some Epstein stuff. Yeah, but he's still a good lawyer. That's true. I mean, why else would Jeffrey Epstein, uh, uh, Alan Dershowitz, why else would he uh, be the lawyer of Epstein? He, he likes big cases. Yeah. And he likes to get his fingers dirty, if you know yeah. what I'm Yeah. Um, well, you say that like some of these things are from, you know, voicemails that you never received. Um, I actually have one thing he sent me was an actual phone call that you picked up for. I don't know why it happens, um, but here's. <laughs> Danny Bravitz, Rabbi Ben Shevitz. Uh, well, I'm in New York Harbor right now. I bought a container ship of, uh, it was filled with, well, the ice melted, but it was filled with tuna, high quality tuna. So I'm thinking if I can host the stick off the fish, I can, rec- I can can them. Oh, that's a good idea. Then you can like take those mayonnaise and chips and make a tuna Yeah, dude, is everyone loves the tuna salad, but uh, boy, it's rotten. This this stinky fish. I don't know where this container ship's been because there's scorpions on it. Fish have the fish have been pecked uh, clean by uh, buzzards of different varieties. Uh, what else? They defecated on most of the fish. Uh, but so you could probably you could clean it all off the I'm just thinking I could flip it. I, I got it for a deal. Anyway, exactly. wash wash your foreskin area. When I, oh, thank you. Remember when That's I nice. remember when I chopped your pee pee at your breast? I don't remember. I was baby. Oh yeah. 
Boy, did you scream. Boy, did you bleed. <laughs> All right. Good catching up. So, like, how often do you get these calls? He, you know, I don't want to say that he's harassing me because that's a strong word. You know what I'm saying? When you use the word harassment, then there could be maybe some legal action. And to be honest, it's not worth it. I don't, I don't, even if, even if, even if that was the right word, I don't want to use it because I'm okay. I, I don't want to deal with the legal ramifications of making a claim like harassment. Yeah. But he does call me consistently, even though I tell him, no, please stop. Don't keep calling me. That's true. I'm gonna call me again. And That's true. I'm, listen, I'm not saying the word, I'm not going to use the word harassment, but he'll, he'll, he, he doesn't take no for an answer. He um, doesn't stop. It's like a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And you'll always call, like, sometimes you'll call me and I'll pick right up, but then you're like, you know, who are you with? And like, just, I don't know. The, I can't remember where I was the last five minutes. So it's like, I have missing time. And then you call and you say, who called, who just called me? I'm like, I don't know. I kind of, I forget, you know, what, what I've been doing. I don't know. Are you implying something, Eric? Huh? Are you implying something? <clears throat> Is Rabbi Manshevitz a litigious person? He probably knows, he has, he's got good lawyers, right? To pull up all these schemes, right? I assume so. You know, which is why, which is why I'm not going to like, yeah. Even if I could win it, even if I could win the case, I which I think I would if I I just it's not worth the hassle. I agree. Um, can I ask you about this? Alex Nicholas just recorded his first uh, album at the New Jersey Skate Shop in New Brunswick. What a cool venue! I was seeing pictures of this. You were there supporting. How do you do? He's fucking great. I he, love Alex Nicholas. He's so funny. He's funny he's uh he it was he oversold it like a, like it was crazy it was crazy Patton like literally like started to the point where it's like there were a bunch of comics uh that couldn't get it so it's like we were the me and franco and a couple other people were like rotate like it's like we, there was packed so much standing room that yeah. it was like i couldn't watch the entire show because it was like we were taking turns going in and out because right. you literally couldn't fit Right. It was packed up against the door. You couldn't open the door. What a cool venue. Is it that like around where Chamber 43 used to be? Where exactly? I didn't. I don't. Uh, Chamber 43 was in Highland Park. This oh, is you're right. Brunswick. But Chamber 43 now is in Brunswick. I don't know where it is, but I know it's in Brunswick now. Oh, okay. Um, so I don't know. I just like to shout out my friends that, like, I had Franco on. I got to have Alex on uh, to talk about that but um alex was great the this the album was great he crushed the amount of people that came out and yeah. love that came out to support him um and during the hour during the show he actually goes um i wish eric collarbach could be here i know he wanted to be but a uh, moment of silence for eric collarbach that sounds like a bunch of bullshit but uh <laughs> i don't believe that but uh, <laughs> uh love you alex nicholas good job so um there's another guy I know. Um, I used to be a German exchange student and um, the, the trust fund Brad of Davos, like there's Davos, the World Economic Forum. It's run by a guy called Klaus Schwab. I met his son as a German exchange student and um, he's like this oligarch, this bank. Son's friends with uh, Sam Tripoli, right? Yeah, he's, um, you know, you know, it's very frustrating to be around him because I've done comedy for like 19 years and I was trying to get on Sam Tripoli's show. 
but I was just rejected. Klaus Schwab Jr. walks right in the green room asking people for adrenochrome, asking where he can get the blood of babies, and he does all four shows. And he made me drive him there. He made me watch it. So did it, guy, you kind of feel like it was a little bit of a making you drive in there? It kind of feels like a little bit of a fuck you. It is. And then I drove him to Dallas and Oklahoma City. And then he was in. And Vegas. did he even like did he even like put in a good word with Sam being like, hey, this is my buddy, Eric? No, he goes, this is my piece of shit driver. He's a loser. That's how he introduces <laughs> me. Something like that. I don't do a good impression of him. Does he pay you to drive him? He'll, he'll like not pay me. He won't give me food. But then when he goes back to Bavaria, Germany, there'll be like $15,000 in my closet cash. It's just like, he like prints it out like Monopoly. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, that's worth it. And he just gives you yeah. the money. And I can, I can live for like six months off it. But so it's, it's like worth, I got, I, even if he calls you a piece of shit driver for $15,000, so, you know, mm. it's worth it. I got to take abuse, but he broke into my house one time because he, he, so in America, there's the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency. In the in Germany, there's something called the BND, which is the Bundesnachrichtendienst. So he owns that. His family owns the Bundesnachrichtendienst, the BND. So he has this fancy lactic device. He breaks in my house all the time. Like I was doing a podcast with uh, this people called Deborah Gets Red Pilled. I was doing a podcast. All of a sudden, I black out. I wake up on a dirty couch and when I watch the episode back, he did the last half. So it's like, he'll like put me on a dirty couch that someone's thrown out in the dumpster. I'll wake do up. Like, you know, uh, do you think it's a good casting couch situation? Well, there was a uh, bird shit all over me the next morning, but he'll like also leave me a water bottle. You know what I mean? He makes sure I have what I have, but and I'll, uh, he makes sure you have what you need, but yeah. nothing more. Yeah, exactly. And then, so I, it's always abusive before I get paid, but anyway, um, Klaus Schwab Jr. was asked a very interesting question on Deborah Gets Red Pill. Then I have this clip here. What's Deborah Gets Red Pill? You'll see. What do you, how do you feel about, um, about Jewish people? Let's listen. Um, can I just tell you that Jew things, there's different Jewings. So there's levels of Jewings. So about the uh, Ashkenazis. From the Ashkenazis, who are the most orthodox, uh, then you have, you know, the you have the Talmud, you have different. See, in my heads, um, when you make Illuminati degree earnings, like uh, for example, Santa Claus, when he became a Jesuit, it was almost all the same reading material as Talmud. So there's like uh, interlocking different things. So. Um, this is not my expertise. I may I make a lot of counties with uh, Hunter Biden's, so I don't do as much reading. I also have some trauma from childhood, if you can imagine. So, uh, got it. So your short-term memory is a little off. Yeah, and I have uh, I make a bit, but I have uh, blood to deliver soon. So it's got blood to deliver soon. Um, that was I. I had trouble hearing what he was saying. Um, are there different levels of Jews? Are you setting Rabbi, me up for? Are you setting me up for my bit? Sure, Rabbi Meishevitz is at the top. Because I have the bit where I talk about the levels of Jewish on. Oh, bit you've heard it. You've, there's no way you haven't heard it. But well, I'm not sure if you were setting me up for a can bit. Can you enlighten me? I go. There's a on, on J date. Uh, you know the dating website for Jews. They let you pick your level of Jewish. And the levels range. They range everywhere from like circumcised to wearing yarmulkes in the shower. 
all the way up to accountant and everything in between. <laughs> uh, what level of Jew are you? Just circumcised? Yeah, I'm just circumcised. Well, I'm circumcised too. I'm not even Jewish. We're at the same level. Oh, okay. We're the same. Um, but I, I like the I like using levels of Jews like it's like a video game, like just comparing it to like Mario Kart. Well, I think about Scientology. There's OT level one, OT level three is where you learn about Xenu. Then OT level yeah, seven. But, yeah, but but you know, uh, Scientology is all bullshit. It's all fake. It's r- ridiculous. What's real is Moses going to the water and splitting the water in two, and then having a having a a, a, a thing turn into a snake. That's that's real. Scientology is horseshit. Yeah. So with his stories. Um. So I I cut this clip uh, of my friend Danny Braff doing stand up, and uh, a thirteen year old boy walked into the. I don't know, there's like a 13 year old in the back. I don't know if you noticed that. Uh, it's very, but don't get weird because like, you know, you're like, oh, he's talking about jerking off. He relates the most. So, uh, so whatever. But listen, you're a 13 in the back. I can't see you, but you are there. So I checked you in. So you're, I'm assuming you're here because you're a comedy fan, right? No. No, not a comedy fan? Okay, your parents forced you to a comedy show? No. No? Why are you here? Are you, blink twice if you're not okay. Um, okay, so when I was 12, I didn't comedy fan, that's why I do this, because I'm a fan. Like, I, I don't know about you, if you don't like comedy, that's whatever. It's very weird that you'd be here if you don't want to Man, that was skilled, Danny Braff. Well, thank you. It, I think it's gonna be hard for the people to hear. I, I couldn't hear, I know what happened because I was there and I posted the clip. But I, I don't know if the audio was fucking off. Well, I can cut that actual clip in. Oh, okay. Let's so do that. maybe it's just going through that's different. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Going yeah. through Zoom. Well, so it wasn't, back. it also wasn't exactly like the guy, the kid didn't just walk in. He was there the entire show. Yeah. I was like uh, with his, when he, when, he, when he walked in, like the, I was checking people in. I was at the door checking people into the show. Yeah. And everyone was 20, 30, 40. Those were the age, right? Like 20 to 40 year olds was the whole entire audience. And then, what is very clear is a a child. Well, like a like a he could have been younger than thirty. Like I I have no idea. Like it was a child with his mom and one other woman. Uh, and I, and I, but we're also like in the downstairs of a of a restaurant, and the bathroom is also downstairs. So I was like, I was like, are you guys here for the comedy show? Like I assumed they weren't here for the comedy show. And they go, right, yeah. Right. I go, do you have tickets? And they go, yeah. I go. Just so you know, the show's like 18 and up. And they go, that's not what the website said. And I, and I guess they said the website said it was 13 and up or something. And I was like, oh, let me, I go, I asked them and they're like, I, I guess the, the, the club for whatever reason had 13 and up on the web, which is ridiculous, which is not, it was not a 13 and up show. We had yeah, Aaron yeah. Berg closing it out. Right, right. The, one Pretty of the dirtiest comedy. people in the world. <clears throat> and I was like, okay, so that was probably a mistake. I so I just I'm honest. I'm like, that's a mistake. This is gonna be a very dirty show. Yeah, yeah. That being said, you're his mom. Yeah. If you're okay with it, you guys can stay. But we're not gonna adjust the show at all. There's gonna right. be a lot of curse words, a lot of sex material, a lot of all whatever. Like, and I'm just gonna have you sit near the back so the comics can't really see you when they're on stage. <laughs> or if you want to leave, you can refund your tickets. And they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll stay. And I was like, okay. And I thought they were gonna walk out. 
yeah. But there was like, who was on the show? It was like Tyler Langlois. It was. It was like kids. It was crazy. It was like, uh, now what's good is I have a bit about when I was in in real life. I was fifteen, but in the bit I say I was twelve. I have a bit about going to a comedy show with my mom when I was 12. That's a bit I already do. I do it semi-frequently. So I, it kind of worked out. So I kind of just, I, I, I go, oh, there's a kid here. Uh, and I pointed him out. And I just did that crowd. And my mindset was, if this, I don't do a lot of crowd work very frequently, but I was like, if this doesn't work out, I could just use it. I could just transition it into the bit that I already do. Just like, I get it when I was 12. And, but they, it worked. I did the crowd work. It was fun. The kid I don't know if the kid was having a good time. Everyone else was. Uh, well, I was saying it was skill because you're like, oh, are you here for, because you're a comedy fan? He's like, no, are you here? Now, as a comic, you want yes to go yes and. Yeah. Yes, this is true and. And I'm listening to you knowing that. And when he gives you two no's, then you have this great line of blink twice if you're not okay, like you're yeah. being kidnapped. Yeah. Which was like, even when you get a no, then it, a no can be, oh, you're help, being held captive here against your will. Because if yeah. you're not a comedy fan, you don't want to be here. What are you doing? Yeah. And the, at the it door, you were trying to see if they wanted to leave because this was going to be inappropriate for him. Yeah. Uh, but who knows? I mean, he's probably been looking at Pokemon porn since. No, but yeah, but I'm also being like, the, I actually think go cool. Like, you know. I mean, I'm going to say if he's a comedy fan, which he wasn't, but if he was, you have the fucking best mom. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Kid, yeah. Like, when I was a kid, I, I loved stand I would watch, like, a lot of stand-up as a kid, not necessarily, like, Aaron Berg, but, like, I, I was, like, so it's, like, my mom did bring me to a comedy show when I was probably too young to be at a comedy show, and I, I really appreciate it, and I think it kind of helped, like, part of, whatever. I, I think that makes her a real cool mom if the kid, if it's the, something the kid wants to do. If it's something the kid has no interest in, then what the fuck? What, and also, what as a producer, you want to put on the best show. You don't want to put on a show for someone that doesn't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's kind of like being a depressed magician. And here's the thing. If you're not laughing on the idea of a depressed magician, it's because you're not picturing a depressed magician. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> I was like, pick a card. Or don't. What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pull a rabbit out of the hat. And it's going to leave me, just like everyone else in my life. <laughs> when I was 17 years old, I was depressed upon where I was considering suicide. It was really bad. Uh, and my parents put me into a mental hospital, right? And when I was in the mental hospital, I'd be practicing my magic. And here's the thing. When you're doing magic in a mental hospital, no longer are you a magician. <laughs> you're a fucking wizard. <laughs> I was a god at my <laughs> Also, also, like for me, the magic was like kind of therapeutic, but maybe it helped me get time go by faster. Maybe by that, it, the magic probably actually helped me get out of the hospital faster. But for the people that I was doing the magic to, I imagine it can only hurt. I imagine the other people in the hospital would like go to their therapist and be like, hey, and the therapist would be like, hey, I need Dave, I think. You may be ready to get out of the mental hospital. 
then Dave would be like, yesterday I saw a guy pull his thumb off, put it in his hand, close his hand around the thumb, open his hand, the thumb was gone, back on his thumb. And then the therapist like, it's going to be another couple months. Uh, I'm not really sure if you're ready to leave. Wait, are you a specialty at... Do you have a specialty of thumb magic, Danny Brad? I'm very good. At, I do all. I do thumb magic. That's what I do. Um, I don't know. If, like, yeah. Well, so yeah. In in the hospital, you could you can do all the like. I had to do thumb magic. Like in the in a mental hospital, you're not allowed to do rope tricks. Um, <laughs> you're on suicide watch. Hey, uh, no, no. This is for magic, not suicide. Can I have a rope, duct tape, handcuffs <laughs> for magic? <laughs> for magic and they'd be like they'd like see what medications you're on and start adjusting them yeah um yeah, like you're gonna be doing thumb magic whoa <laughs> something like that whoa wow that's a good one Eric. thank you i hope it by the man who brought <laughs> brought to you by the guy who created got your nose <laughs> Hey, that's that's my that there's different levels of magician and I'm just on the circumcised level. Um, so you talk a little bit about the mental hospital. You were a depressed magician in seven at 17. You went, you were committed. Yeah, which, um, you know, it is very brave for me to go on stage and talk about being a magician. You're very so, brave <laughs> to talk about being a magician. Uh, uh, that was a joke. Insert laughter here. <laughs> and then you know 10 years from now you'll say that you're a jewish ashkenazi and then you'll be super brave but anyway um but no yeah i don't know i was i was depressed here's another thing that I, I took this out of the bit because it wasn't punchline funny but it is just inherently funny um the <laughs> so i was i was 17 i was in the mental hospital which was cool which is the best age to be in a mental hospital the best age. If you're gonna if you're gonna go to a mental hospital, I recommend you do it when you're 17 years old. And the reason is because there's two different mental hospitals. There's the kids' mental hospital, and there's the adults' mental hospital. The second you turn uh, 18, you're now in the adults' mental hospital, and you're fucking uh, there with 80 year old fucking psychopaths. Yeah. Seven. So if you're 18, now you're the youngest person in the adult mental hospital, which is not what you want to be. Right. But 17, you're the fucking king of the it's like you're a super senior in yeah the you're the king of the kids yeah, you're the king yeah. of the crazy kids um um you just have to make sure you you don't you're, you get out by your birthday so were you have it was suicidal were you having hallucinations what no, was I, was, I was just de super depressed and ready to kill myself mm. um but when i was uh in my roommate i had a roommate in the mental hospital. I, I would practice my magic in the mental hospital. And there was a trick that I was working on called a, a watch steal, where it's like you steal someone's watch off their wrist and then uh, for a trade and then you give it back to them, whatever, uh, without them noticing. Uh, and I was practicing uh, on like, I had like a fucking thing that I put and my roommate was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm practicing a, a watch steal. And the guy goes, oh, I don't, I used to steal watches. And then he goes, I robbed four jewelry stores. <laughs> so not off risk. He couldn't. Yeah, take I, was, I was, I was, I was, <laughs> I was trying to steal watches for entertainment value to give back. And he's like, I held someone up at gunpoint at a jewelry yeah. store and stole watches. <laughs> so you think that you're not in the, with the dangerous kids, but the dangerous kid is right now your roommate. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so anyway, speaking of mental, you know, I'm thinking about getting a dog for my mental problems. And, um, but I don't really want to take the dog outside. I was thinking about getting those like fake green, just pea tarps, you know, so that I don't have to take them outside, just like a little pea tarp, you know? And then just putting that over your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Just put it in the corner. <laughs> so the dog could pee inside. Did you speak at a, um, you know, mental health or anything did you have any like experimental therapies like after the you got out of the mental hospital with any like psychiatrist or anything like have that? we discussed this huh i did some weird therapies like i, I did art therapy which i uh -huh. think because that's it wasn't therapy it it was not why was it like it was <laughs> we literally uh like my mom had some like art therapist come and we made chocolate and we made chocolate that's comforting. Is, yeah, but it's also look at these suckers that are talking about their feelings. I'm over here making chocolate. So much <laughs> stuffing my feelings with a dozen chocolates at a time. It, it wasn't even art. It was making. It was literally making chocolate. It was art therapist time, and we made chocolate. Was that comforting though to get your hands on something tactile? Oh, it was delicious. It wasn't therapeutic, but it was good. I was on a sugar high. I gained 10 pounds. I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't therapy. Right. Um, any other therapists that you uh, were involved with? I mean, I've been in so many therapies. My whole life, I was in a lot of therapies. But like, Can you, you tell know, me, like between 18 and oh okay is that what okay that's what you were leading okay yeah i was i was gonna say but that was before this that was oh okay it was that was not after the mental hospital that was before the mental hospital so they were trying uh, to prevent the hospital because they saw you were going off track so they you went through a lot of therapists first like we're talking 20 20 therapists in in, in 10 years maybe eight years so yeah, they just kept quitting <laughs> just kept quitting and then they're like, no, no, see this guy, this guy, you know. No, they weren't recommending other people. They were just like, I'm out. They, they, I, I was, uh, I was, uh, they were like, this kid has no hope. He's <laughs> no, but you would quit. No, no. Sometimes I would. I, I think the I was. Therapist would quit on you. Yeah. Oh, just like he's useless. I, I, case closed. Yeah. It's a lot of that. Were you on like prescriptions, like different? Yeah, I was on a lot. Uh, not anymore, but I was. I also um, <laughs> one of the therapists. Like I, I reached the point where I just would refuse to come go to therapy. I was like, I'm not. Fuck this. I've been to twelve therapists in five years. This doesn't work. Fuck. I was like, I'm not going to go. So my parents were like, How about if we had a therapist come to the house? So my parents had like a a therapist come to our house because I would refuse to go to them. But <laughs> the guy would. The guy peed a lot. <laughs> like, dude, we'd have an hour-long session, and he'd go to the bathroom four or five times. And at what point are we now paying you to go to the bathroom? Was he in? The, was he in and out? Like he was just peeing, or was it like number two? Like he'd be in there. For he would be peeing, but it would be like he'd take two minutes, but it would be two minute, two minute bathroom trips, but five of them. So it's ten minutes. Ten minutes out of a sixty-minute session. I wonder if it would have been more or less distracting if he peed in a bucket in front of you when he <laughs> stayed there and made eye contact. 
at least it was, it's also it is like uh, it is kind of funny if i was i'm like i'm actually i'm not doing well i'm considering killing myself it, my life's falling apart i have no friends i hate school i hate myself i want to slip my wrists and he's like hold on i have to go bit <laughs> <laughs> you just hear him jerk <laughs> <laughs> do you have any more lotion this guy's fucked up man um, oh and that therapist in particular i was kind of uh weird about telling the story right now because that therapist in particular dm'd me on facebook like two weeks ago uh, telling me that he wants to come to one of my shows so which is why i was a few weird shit talking because he's gonna buy it there oh maybe he's a medical issue i mean people oh no 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 not maybe <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He has a medical issue. You don't pee five times in an hour without a medical issue. Or he's a drug addict and he, he, couldn't, he couldn't stand you for more than, you know, 10 minute intervals and then you would go blast a line of coke and come back out. I'm not disparaging his character. Um, any other uh, therapists, like any behavior modification type of therapist or anything like that? They all have different tactics, huh? Just, no, they were all fucking... None of them. I, I, I'm gonna say none of them worked, but I'm gonna be honest and go. It was me. I was. I. I just. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't like really being on. I was just like trying to show my therapist magic and shit. <laughs> <laughs> my therapist would be like, "What do you feel today?" And I'd be like, "I feel like showing you a card trick." Like, yeah, I'm gonna make my blood disappear. Slice. <laughs> um. So what got you out of it? Was it comedy? Was it when you finished high school, then it was better because you weren't being bullied or peer pressured? Like, what do you think of what? Was it the medication that was? No, I, I don't. I, I think the medication at one point helped. And then I, I think actually getting off the minute, there was a point where I, uh, so, I mean, I was, off, depressed, in depressed, back and forth multiple times throughout my whole life. I was in, uh, and then I was in living in Florida. And I got really. That was the last. This was the last time I was like really depressed. Was before I moved back to Jersey. I was living in Florida, and I was. It was bad. It was. I. I it was. I was crying myself to sleep every night. It wasn't even night. It was like it was. I was in. I was in bed twenty one hours a day, and I would get up to maybe go to the bathroom maybe once a week I would go to an open mic and pull something together to like pretend I was okay for an hour to go do a set and I would leave and then I would go back. I was physically in bed for 21 hours a day. It was crazy. It was really bad. And I was going to kill myself. And then my parents came and dragged me out and brought me back home to Jersey. And I was depressed for the first couple months in Jersey too. And then I got the job at Costco. I really think that, oh, so that kind of helped because it forced anyway. you out of the house you got to now you start having money in your pocket yeah you start it, it, it's weird getting a job handing out samples at costco got me out of it which is weird because you'd think it would make it would make me end it <laughs> but you had to be somewhere every day yeah huh. which is why so that helped a lot which is why that gave me something to get out of bed for and then the pandemic hit and i i was so nervous I was really nervous that it was gonna send me back. It didn't, but 
Yeah, I remember when you lost your job or the pandemic hit, we, we were having some phone calls in that time. But Yeah, I was doing that. I was calling people a lot. Yeah. That, that's what kept me sane. I would just talk to different friends for an hour all day. Yeah. Um, well, um, I want to plug your shows. You didn't have much in, in December, but October, November, September, you, you were posting, you had two shows a week. So yeah, it was crazy. It was more than that. The holidays kind of slow everything down. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the it's, it's, this month's a little slow. I mean, I have some stuff, but uh, the next show, I'll plug it, but it's going to be sold out very soon anyway. But January 6th in Somerville, New Jersey, I have my show Comedy at Verve. Uh, Bonnie McFarland's going to headline. She's amazing. Very, very funny. Uh, very nice person. Yeah, she's very nice. Uh, then December 15th in West Side Comedy Club in on the Upper West Side, I have a show with, uh, it's going to be real fun. It's going to be Ian Laura, who's hysterical, Corinne Fisher, Karen Feehan, uh, someone else on that too, myself, and then Sean Patton. It's going to be real fun. And where is that venue? Uh, West Side Comedy Club on the Upper West Side. Upper West Side, yeah. So if you want to come to any of the shows, I'm on them. Follow me on Instagram. It's at Danny Braff. That's D-A-N-N-Y-B-R-A-F-F. Yeah. Brian McFarland's a really nice person. Yeah, she's always been very, very kind to me. You can go to aircollarbach.com. Check out what's going on there. Um, we have a sponsor for the program. I'm wearing their t-shirt, ACBD Remedy. That's acbdremedy.com. Get yourself some cannabis oil. I use some at nighttime for sleepies. Really great. Also, we have a sponsor for the podcast, who I, a guy I don't like. Uh, at, if you go to Instagram, at Klaus Schwab Jr. That's K-L-A-U-S-S-C-H-W-A-B. J-R, Jr.com. He's uh, a bully and a douchebag oligarch, but he sponsors the program. Um, this has been episode 326 of Highway Diary with my good friend, Danny Braff. What a pleasure to see you, buddy. It's your pleasure. Uh, All right, I'm going to stop, so stop recording now.